And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this um, Thursday, I think. Yeah, Thursday. <laughs> Casey Jessler here with Coach Brian Colley. I got to tell you, bro, I, I haven't known the day of the week since since the pandemic. I know I say that often on the show. I, I'm clueless. Every day is the same. Um, it's Thursday. It is Thursday. We hope everybody's enjoying themselves today. Hope everybody's having a wonderful time today. We've got a fun show coming your way today. Um, beginning at the 12 o'clock hour, we're going to have BJ Young, South Lafouche High School football coach on. Remember, we tried to have him on yesterday. Couldn't get the phone lines operating. Um, but Brian Colley's been in the studio since 6 a.m. working on the phone lines for us. And, we got uh, it. It's done. We got it fixed and got it situated. At 12.15, we've got our Terrebonne General Thursday interview with Mr. Stan Gravois. We're going to have Stan on. Talk about the high school playoffs, the start of high school basketball, the start of high school soccer, the ending of high school volleyball, Nichols winning the conference. Nichols is playing today against Southeastern. All sorts of things to talk with Stan about. The Saints are a train wreck. We can maybe talk about that. Jaden Daniels up for the Heisman Trophy. We can maybe talk about that. All sorts of things to talk about with Stan at 1215. Um, in this opening segment of the show, uh, little high school basketball, and I say little uh, literally because there there was not a lot of uh, local action last night. On the boys' side, there was not a local game, but I'll tell you some scores, you know, maybe of interest, right? Slidell gets a 59-49 to win over Bonneville, which tells me that Slidell's probably really damn good. How about Bell Chase? Uh, they've gotten a couple of early season wins. They got a 64-62 win over John F. Kennedy, so Bell Chase gets a win. Livonia gets a 55-35 to win over Northeast. Uh, let's see. John F. Kennedy. Oh, they, they're the ones who played Bell Chase. So Kennedy falls to Bell Chase by two. Baker falls to West Feliciana 65 to 46. Uh, Sacred Heart defeats, uh, Rapides 44 to 43. So that's our boys scoreboard. No local games. We do have a local game on the girls side. And that is Lutcher getting a 42 to 31 win over Terrebonne. Uh, Coach Cassidy Barrios is Terrebonne Tigers fall at home to Lutcher. I remember last year, we did South Lafouche and Lutcher. And I remember their girls coming in, and like they had like six or seven kids, right? And like, you know, didn't look like a whole lot. But then we were told, hey, they're super young. And they gave the Lady Tarpons a game for three and a half quarters or two and a half quarters. And maybe some improvements there as they go on the road and get a win over a 5A opponent, 42 to 31. So kudos to Lutcher for getting an early season win. And I remember we were impressed by their effort last year. So maybe they've grown a little bit. Maybe they're going to be a little bit of a tougher out in our local 4A district this coming season. Yeah, look, you uh, see some of these teams from last year compared to this year, just the improvement they're going to make. And hopefully we see some of that in the next couple of weeks where um, we can report back teams if uh, they took, in our opinions, if they took a step up or maybe a step behind. Dominican gets a 38 to 11 win over West Jefferson. Uh, we had Karen Crow getting a 68 to 56 win over Hathaway. Haynes Academy 30, Bonneville 22, uh, Chappelle 53, St. Charles 16. A reminder: These are girls basketball scores. Livonia gets a 55 to 30 win over Northeast. McDonough 35 beats Cohen 40 to 38. Um, Donaldsonville falls to St. John 51 to 23. So good win for St. John over Donaldsonville. Newman defeats Pearl River 54-50. Good win for the Greenies. Um, let's see. Opelousas Catholic defeats David Thibodeau 39-33. Uh, West St. John defeats Independence 48-37. to So that's our 
local scoreboard of girls basketball games that were yesterday. I'll tell you our girls basketball schedule of games tonight. We've got some very interesting girls basketball games tonight. Destra hand taken on Chalmette will be a good one. HL Bourgeois traveling to the tank to take on South Lafouche will be a good one. Hanville and Franklin. Um, we've got Terrebonne taking on E.D. White. That's That should be a very interesting game. Uh, Ellen, they're playing South Terrebonne. Should be an interesting game. A, a district game that's not a district game. A non-district game between district uh, foes should be a good one. Um, then one of the big ones around the state, you got Vanderbilt hosting Ponchatoula. Six o'clock tonight in the home area. That's two teams that are expecting to go to the top 28. Um, that's a big old heavyweight fight. Ponchatoula usually has size. Um, let me tell you something. Vanderbilt's got some size too now <laughs> with uh, Michaela Charles and uh, you know Journey Johnson and some of the great players that they have. That's that should be a really good one out in the home area. St. James and Kenner Discovery Health Sciences are locking up tonight. We've also got um, Hanson Memorial taking on Acadiana Renaissance Charter. But a big early season game for Coach Coleman and his team on the girls' side. Uh, talked to Jawaski about this a couple days ago. He's super excited. He wants to see right away what his team is made of. Um, big test for the Terriers, man. Ponchatoula is annually that team that Vanderbilt's trying to be, that team that goes to the state championship game and beyond. Um, you got them at home. Big early season test today for, for the Terriers. Yeah, kudos to both uh, head coaches for playing this game early on in the season. Uh, and look, you see where you stand, both teams, because it's going to be uh, two well-coached teams, some good uh, girl basketball programs. And after this game, you get early on where you stand. Boys basketball, we got some good ones. Bonneville and Terrebonne. Uh, Brandon Brown came on earlier in the week, and he said, hey, look, we're, we're going to find out. Um, as he said, Bonneville's really good. We're going to find out right away how good we are and what we got to work on. Um, I talked to Andrew Kaiwet the other day at the HL Bourgeois girls game against Ellender, and he said, hey, Thursday we're going to Plaquemine. Plaquemine still is in the football playoffs, so maybe a little bit of an edge there. But he said, hey, they're going to be um, a step up in competition for us. We're going to have to go on the road and play well. Um, Hanville traveling to take on Santa Mon. I mean, that's, that's a heavyweight fight there. Maybe a little edge to Hanville because they're going to have their football kids. Santa Mont will not. Ellender taking on Helix Mentorship Academy on the road, a chance for Ellender to maybe go and get a win to start their season. We look around the rest of the area and we see Homa Christian School opening up their year with Lutheran, so an opportunity for the Christian Warriors to maybe uh, get off on the right foot in their season opener, and that wraps up the local games of interest. Uh, West St. John taking on Thomas Jefferson as well. That's a quasi-local game, but some teams are shooting their shot, as they say, trying to get off to a strong start to their season. And uh, boy, right away, I could tell you, I'm going to be following that Bourgeois and Plaquemin result. I'm going to be following that uh, Terrebonne and Bonneville result, and then we've got to keep our eyes on Hanville as well. They got a win for Coach Erica Randolph a couple nights ago. You're traveling to Santa Mont. That's a place we were last year. That's a different animal going to that Golden Dome. That's going to be a big test for Hanville. Be very interested to see if they could go on the road and pull it out. Yeah, coming off a big win to start their season. Let's see if they can uh, keep their train rolling. I want to look at the, the home of Christian game tonight. I know they uh without football guys still missing a few. So we'll, we'll see. Coach Jones has his team ready to go tonight, which I'm sure – he will have them ready to go. He um, 
he told me um, during the Jamboree, he said, man, you know, we're, we're missing a lot of kids. Well, I thought they played really hard in the Jamboree. I thought that they competed and battled, and, you know, I think that they're going to be a team that's going to be much improved. Um, Football-wise, we're still waiting on tomorrow night, man. We got some big ones. Destrahan and Bell Chase in our local Division One non-select. I promised you that I would give you the Division Three and Division Four brackets. I promised you since Monday, so I'm going to do that now. Division Three non-select. We've got um, on Friday night, this past Friday night, Caldwell Parish defeated Richward 13-6, so they'll take on Gina, the number one seed in the bracket. Number nine, Jules Sumner defeated South Beauregard 18-14. Jules Sumder will now take on Amit, who defeated Donaldsonville 21-6. So that's a 9 versus 8 matchup in the second round. Number 5, Bogalusa defeated Westlake 42-7. Bogalusa moves on, and they'll take on number 12, Lorville, who defeated Rayville 40-12. Uh, St. Helena College and Career Academy fell to number 20, Port Allen, in a 20 versus 13 matchup. 25-18, Port Allen gets the win. Port Allen now takes on Union Parish, who had an opening round bye. St. James, the number three seed, had an opening round by. They'll take on number 14, North Webster, who defeated Patterson 42 to nothing. Quick little tidbit, North Webster traveling to St. James is the longest road trip of anyone in the state of Louisiana this week in round two, more than 300 miles. Um, South Plaquemine, in the 11th seed, defeats Port Barry 34 to 16. So South Plaquemine will take on Manet, who defeated Springfield 61 to nothing. That's a six versus 11 matchup in the second round. Pine, the number seven seed, defeats Red River 38 to 16. So Pine will take on a Voiles, the 23 seed, who upset number 10 Kinder 28 to 22. Um, Mansfield, the number 18 seed, defeats number 15 Marksville 31 to 28. Mansfield will take on number two Sterlington in the second round. That's Division Three non-select. Let's go to Division Three select, and we could tell you the number one seed is St. Charles Catholic. Surprise, surprise. They're going to be taking on number 17, Ascension Episcopal, who defeated Loyola Prep 34-17 in the opening round. Notre Dame, the number 9 seed, defeated Green Oaks, the 24th seed, 49-14. So it's Notre Dame, the 9 seed, who will be taking on number 8, Darbone Woods Charter, who had an opening round bye. Number 5, Catholic of New Iberia, had an opening round bye. They'll take on number 21, Saint, uh, Lake Charles College Prep. They blasted number 12, Pope John Paul, 34-7 in the opening round in, a, in an upset. Number 13, Patrick Taylor, Sciences and Technologies, got a win over number 20, Sophie B. Wright, 52-42. to 42. They'll now take on number four, University Lab, who had an opening round bye. Number three, Newman had an opening round bye. They'll take on number 19, St. Thomas Aquinas on Friday. They got a 1.36-35 win over number 14, North Lake Christian, in the opening round. Number 11, Episcopal, got a win over number 22, MLK Charter, 50-6. to 6. They'll take on number six, Bunky, in the second round. Bunky had an opening round bye. Number seven, Dunham had an opening round bye. They'll take on number 10, Parkview Baptist, who defeated Jefferson Rise Charter 42-8 to in the opening round. So Dunham and Parkview, that's two cross-town rivals there. Number 15, Holy Savior Menard defeated number 18, Homer Christian School, 23-8. to uh, Holy Savior Menard will take on Calvary Baptist, the two-seed, who had an opening round bye. Um... Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll get you the Division Four brackets, non-select and select, and then we'll kind of jump around and talk about some other things. But it's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. 
Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. All right, uh, so I promised our listeners earlier in the week that I would give you a rundown of all the brackets and not just our local teams. Was there inquiring minds who like to know? Uh, Division four non-select keeping the train rolling. Division four non-select, the number one seat is Logansport. They will take on number 16, Franklin, who got an opening round win, 46-13 to over Grand Lake. Number nine, White Castle. Boy, they're always good. They got a 52 to nothing win over Varnado. They'll take on number nine, Welsh, who beat Basile, 42-20. to 20. These are where we get a little dicey in terms of some of the school names, but mm-hmm. Basile is one of the ones that I've messed up in the past. Number five, Generet gets a 12-6 to six win over West St. John in the opening round. They move on to take on number 12, East Feliciana, who defeated number 21, Elton, in the opening round. So Generet and East Feliciana in the second round. Number 20, General Trask gets an opening round win over number 13, Arcadia, 22-6. General Trask will take on Haynesville, the four seed, who had an opening round bye. Number 5, Oak Grove got an opening round bye. They'll take on number 19, Lake Arthur, who defeated number 14, Montgomery, 46-35 in the opening round. Boy, some upsets in this bracket. Number 22, Centerville gets an upset, 40-26 over number 11, Oberlin. Centerville will take on number 6, Mangum, who got a 54-14 win over Lakeview. Number seven, Homer, gets a 28-8 win over number 26, Dale High. Homer will take on number 10, Oakdale, who defeated East Beauregard 53-21 in the opening round. Number 15, Faraday, gets an opening round 34-6 win over Jonesboro Hodge. They'll take on number two, Kentwood, who is always good. Kentwood had an opening round bye. 
Uh, we go to Division Four Select, which is the last bracket that we have to give you. Number one, Vermilion Catholic. They've won a million state championships. They're the number one seed. No big surprise there. They're taking on number 17, Delhi Charter, who defeated number 16, Slaughter Charter, 26-22 to 22 in the opening round. Uh, number nine, Ascension Catholic gets a 48-14 to 14 win over Central Private. They'll now take on our guy Cullen Mathern, Opelousas Catholic, who had an opening round bye in an eight versus nine. Riverside has had one heck of a year. They're the five seed. They had an opening round bye. They'll take on Catholic Point Capee, who defeated Cedar Creek 42 to nothing. Catholic Point Capee is the 12th seed. Number 20, Covenant Christian, Jesse Turner and the boys. They got an opening round upset win, 35 to 6 over number 13, Delta Charter. CCA will now take on number four, St. Martin's Episcopal, who had an opening round bye. Number three, a Wachita Christian uh, had an opening round bye. They'll take on number 19, Westminster Christian who defeated number 14, St. Edmund, 7-6. St. Edmund, we saw them earlier in the year. They fall in the opening round 7-6. Number 11, Glenbrook gets a 49-12 win over number 22, Sacred Heart. Glenbrook will take on number 6, St. Mary's, who had an opening round bye. They'll actually play that game at Turpin Stadium over at Northwestern State University. That field has been vacant for a couple of weeks, so they're going to take advantage of it there. Number 7, St. Frederick had an opening round bye. And they'll, they'll now take on our friends at Central Catholic of Morgan City, the 10th seed, who defeated Hamilton Christian 28-6 in the opening round. We had Coach Grogan on earlier in the week, and he said, hey, we're optimistic. We think we could go on the road and get a win. Number 15, Hanson Memorial gets a 34-13 win over St. John. Hanson Memorial will now take on number two, Southern Lab, who got an opening round bye. So those are all of the matchups around the state of Louisiana. And, Casey, uh, we, we were talking earlier, Homer Christian. So they out the playoffs. So, yes, okay, sir. So they will have their They're, football guys. They, in theory, should have their football guys, which means uh, God bless the school playing them tonight yeah. in basketball. Uh, yes, they okay, should I have got, their football guys. I got guys. confused with them and CCA for a second. Yep, yep, all good. Um, man, coaches often say um, the goal to a lot of people's seasons is to be making sure you have Thanksgiving week and you're busy and you're playing ball and um, – Everybody on Friday, and, and I guess the one game tonight, they're all playing for that same thing, to try to punch that ticket to the quarterfinals and make sure that your Thanksgiving week is not going to be um, filled with idle time. You want to be on that practice field. You want to be working hard, and it's a fun time of the year. Next week's supposed to be a little chilly, and which brings out that football weather. Should see some good games on Friday. I'm really anxious to see how some of the, the, the local teams fare. But I'm also anxious to see around the state if we get any surprises, any upsets, anything that uh, catches our attention throughout the course of the, the of the evening. Yep, most definitely big games coming up uh, starting tonight. One game I think they got in a lower class in uh, Mansfield and Sterlington. Then tomorrow's the big bulk of the games and got some tough games. I mean, I, I think they're going to have some upsets uh, throughout the state tomorrow night. I've been waiting for you to return from your uh, your camping trip to Axie about this, and I mentioned it briefly on Tuesday's show. Um, district proposals. We got our second draft of district proposals from the LHSAA. No changes to the local districts um, from the first draft. There are some changes from last year, but no changes from the first draft. Our Bayou 5A district is going to still be the same. East St. John, Hanville, Destrehan with the Bayou 5A schools. Our local 4A district, uh, Lutcher's still there. Edie White joins the district, so just adding one more team 
Our local 3A district stays the same, minus E.D. White, who just leaves the district moving up to 4A. And then some slight tweaks in our 2A and 1A districts, but nothing substantial. Um, But Brian, normally, normally, in a usual um, annual cycle, this would be 99.9% locked in. You would know this is what it's going to be. But this is not a normal cycle because you know, and I kind of brought this up a little bit Tuesday, there's some rumors and some whispers that they're trying to get people to perhaps play in districts based on the, the division that they're in. And if that's the case, and if that gets some traction, and if that passes forward, then bye-bye 4A district for South Lafouche. You're going to be in a 5A district. You're going to be joining that Bayou River district. So what I'm getting at is we've now seen Proposal 1, we've seen Proposal 2, and they both look the same. And and in a normal cycle, hey, this is what it would be. But don't put all of the eggs in that basket just yet because there is the potential, based on some political stuff rumbling around out there in Baton Rouge, that this might change, specifically might change for Big Blue. Yeah, uh, look, a uh, proposal was talked about. Well, it's not a pro- well. I guess that you want to call it a proposal. Uh, well, yeah, they're talking about it where, like you just mentioned, you're gonna play by uh, divisions. Your districts will be based on your divisions, which I mean, it, it kind of makes sense if you play in them, uh, if you play in that way in the playoffs. But when you look at the big picture, I think they're saying there's like 15 schools or so in the state where. It, it it won't. I guess you can say it won't be fair. Where the 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 numbers is just it's too big of a gap in the numbers where you'd be playing, uh, like the uh, the South Lafourche is one of them playing up from should be Division Two playing up to Division One. Um, the districts, I think, right now are pretty set because from the first meeting to the second meeting. The uh, local 4A district wasn't changed. So I, I would not anticipate that changing for the third meeting because normally the third meeting is pretty much, okay, here we vote on it. it, it it's final from the second. It, let, let, let me stop you right there because I said something that was incorrect, and I, and I thank Butch, who's, who's listening, who, who sent this correction. I was, I was misinformed. I, I didn't think that any of our local districts had drastic changes. Homo Christian School is in a drastically different district. Homo Christian School would be in a district with Catholic of New Iberia, Delcom, Franklin, Lorville, and West St. Mary. That's not at all what their district yeah. is right now. They're in a New Orleans-based district with South Plaque and Fisher, and you know, so their district. And, and Butch, thanks so much for sending that note. Homo Christian School stands to be in a completely different district in two A. But sorry, continue. Yeah, and I wonder if they are uh, in favor of that or not. Well, looking at the travel, it, it looks to be about the same. I know this, their other district was not very competitive. <laughs> uh, I don't know, power rating-wise, if you would be in favor of that, whereas Franklin and Catholic of New Iberia, you know, like those are some more quality competition. I don't know. I, I, I'm curious. Well, and, and what, what I'm hearing with the division, uh, playing uh, districts by division, the they're going to hold off until January, I think, and try and – presented to the entire association and see if that's uh, the route they want to go. So, so so once everybody thinks they know what it is, they're going to screw it all up and, and change it, right? Yeah, you wait till January. 
<laughs> which, look, it's the right thing to it's do. It's better to do it then than have the exec- executive committee go ahead and vote on something with their rule, a 4.4.4 rule where the executive committee has the power to make some of these changes. It, it's better with let the entire association vote on it and, and see where it goes from there. But, uh, again, 15 schools would, would be heard, I think, throughout the state if you would play up by divisions. And, uh, look, I'd have no gripe if you play by divisions if, if the Tarpons would stay in Division two where they belong. Yeah, I agree. Then, then yeah, go ahead and do that. But uh, moving teams up is it, just for the playoffs. Uh, it, it doesn't mean they're forced to move up. You know, some of these other teams, John Curtis and all, they want to play up. That's their choice. Great. But how in the world can you force some other schools to move up? It's just, uh, it's not right. It's not fair. And LHSA, you want fairness. You need to take a serious look at what you're doing right here, forcing these schools to play up. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And look, uh, I know we don't talk about Grand Isle a whole lot, but we do have some listeners on the island. And we got some listeners, you know, that work out in the Fouchon area and and that live on the island. Um, In the proposals, they are in District 8C. They would be with First Baptist Christian, Lutheran, Phoenix in a four-team district. But listen to this. Like, they got a team in their district in Slidell. Can you imagine that district trip on a Tuesday from Grand Isle to Slidell? That's like, what, three hours, two and a half hours? Like, whew, a lot of bus trips, man. Would not want to do it. Oh, that's tough. And look, there's no other alternative, right? Because looking at the map, there's nothing that's any closer, right? It's just it's the way of the world, but um, brutal, brutal. So we'll see how this all shakes out. It looks like January we could potentially have some things get voted on. January, look, somebody's going to put on the agenda a proposal to bring it all back together. It happens every January. Probably going to get voted down again, right? But they try every year to make it happen. Um, just don't know that we're ready for that. Just Which is fine. Vote it down, but vote everything down. Split every sport. Uh, if you're going to split, split. We gave the volleyball stats on Monday, which yes, is why I, that, I mean, you only had one public school even make the semifinals. Um, oh, yeah, but there's no competitive, yeah, no competitive advantage, my ass. <laughs> Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to BJ Young if the phone lines are working, but Brian's been here since sunup. He it, told me working. that they're working. We'll be right back with BJ Young. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. This is Councilwoman Jessica Domang. I decided to run for office just four years ago because I knew we needed change. I was tired of these same old entrenched politicians not delivering results. My district of East Homa and downtown has been the neglected and forgotten part of town for years with crumbling infrastructure. I have worked hard to clean up my community, and we have delivered unprecedented investments into my district since taking office, including economic development initiatives, millions in road and culvert repairs, and multiple major drainage projects, both completed and in the engineering phase. As your next state representative, I will bring the same work ethic to all of District 53. We are all in this fight together as the underserved communities of our parish. We must all come together so that every resident can be proud to call Terrebonne Parish home. Early voting begins Friday, November 3rd and ends Saturday, November 11th. Please vote Jessica Domang, number 58. Paid for by the Jessica Domang Campaign Fund. 
Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people, that's Danos. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. A grade C is just average. A grade B, better. But an A? An A is excellent. And an A is what Thibodeau Regional earned for patient safety from the LeapFrog Group, a leading healthcare quality and safety organization. This A in patient safety is yet another confirmation of Thibodeau Regional's commitment to providing patients with the highest quality, safest care. See what type of a repairman Brian Colley is. It's play-by-play here on KLEB. Brian says he's been here since 6 a.m. working on the phone lines. We had phone issues yesterday. We couldn't get B.J. Young on the line. B.J., good afternoon. How are we doing today? Doing well, man, y'all. Boom! Doing wonderful. Now that we hear your voice and we could actually take calls again, hope everything's going good for you, brother. Uh, you guys are fresh off of a... What I thought was a successful season, improved from two wins to five, have a tough one against Dutchtown in the opening round. But, man, you've had a couple of days to process it, bro. Um, you more than doubled your wins, man. you got to be proud of the way the boys competed this year. Yeah, look, I think when you look back at it as a whole, uh, I think it's a successful season. I, I think we took a stride or a step in the right direction. Um, you know, like we talked about last time, it's just important to start building on that that step and trying to take the next step as a program, you know, um, kind of gave them a little bit away from the game. You know, you get sometimes you need a little time for your batters to recharge. So did a lot of equipment pick up and, um, you know, cleaning up the locker room and getting stuff put up and kind of going to the stadium today and take some stuff down. And, uh, you know, when we get back from Thanksgiving break, it's, it's pedal to the metal. That was the next question I was going to ask, and Ben, you just kind of answered. I was going to ask, you know, everybody takes that little unwind period, recharges the batteries. I was going to ask you how long that was going to be, but you kind of answered it. When you guys get back from the holiday, it's it's backpedal to the grindstone, right? Yeah, man. Look, I, I think a lot of it depends on where you, you know, if you're in the playoffs or when you exit the playoffs. And, um, you know, leaving out of the first round, I think, you know, they, it's kind of a built-in two-week break to recharge their batteries. You know, you're asking a lot of the kids, you know, to give you everything they got, but, but shoot, 10, 11 months out of the year. So you got to try to build in some time that they can, you know, decompress and get away with a little bit. And, uh, you know, because you want them, when you, when you come back to do it, you don't want to be in a lull. You know, it's got to be a mindset of that. You know, we got to get better uh, every day. So, um, you know, you tag it differently as far as where you exit the playoffs if you're in it. But for us, that's how we're doing it this year. And, um, 
you know, it gives you time, the kids time to get away from it a little bit, time to tidy everything up and get ready for the offseason when you get back. Bro, they often say game of inches, right? And I truly believe football is a game of inches. You guys were just inches away from maybe winning a Thibodeau game, maybe winning uh, an Assumption game, you know, maybe staying a little closer in a St. Louis game and having an opportunity to turn your five-win season into a six, seven, eight-win season. What do you guys have to do in the next season to make those little moves forward to try to drastically improve your record? Yeah, look, I, I think... You know, you had Thibodeau, Thibodeau, we had, you know, for most of the game and lost it in the end. Uh, you know, Assumption, same thing, man. Was leading with a minute and a half left, two minutes left to go in the game. Um, that's the number three team in the state in, in Division Two. And then the St. Louis game, uh, if you was at that game, St. Louis is a very quality team. Um, and I thought we played them hard and, 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 and lost by seven. You know, but had a chance at the end right there. We scored. If we can get a stop, what about – Six and a half left to go seven minutes. We had a chance to go tie the game. And uh, they did a good job at playing keep away. So uh, I, I think we're right there, man. To, 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 like you said, 73, um, an 82 type of deal, uh, which is huge. And um, I think our kids understand it. You know, it's just you got to push that little bit extra, man. It, it's, uh, you know, it might be that rep you skipped on July 20th, you know, uh, if, if you took, you know, you, you, you were kind of sick, but you couldn't push through and you didn't come and we missed a day of practice. You know, it's just the little things and uh, you can't cut any corners. You know, um, winning programs, when the ball bounces their way, they just don't cut corners. They, they do everything right all the time. And um, we, we did everything right 90% of the time. That's why that, that, that them, them five, because I think, you, honestly, bro, I think you can circle five, six plays throughout this season where if the ball goes our way, we win the game. And, and that could be just five or six refs that would skip throughout the, the offseason or a sprint that you didn't go 100% as as an as, 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 as individual. And, um, you know, that, that, that costs you, man. You know, we talk about it all the time. Um, you need to motivate you. You know, I, I can only tell you so much and the coaches so much. You got to motivate you. You know, you got to want to get better and, and, and push every day to get better. And, um, and, and we have, man. I mean, when you look at the win total from the year before to now and, the production as if you come to the games, what it looked like the year before to what it looks like now, it's a testament to them. They all they all grinded, man. You got to go a little, you got to take a little extra to get them extra wins. For sure, man. Look, um, one of the things that's so fun about high school sports is every year is kind of its own unique puzzle, right? This past season, you guys moved a couple of guys that were on defense over to offense. You brought Jarvis over to offense, Terrence Peacher over to offense, and you had a need there at wide receiver. You plugged in some holes. Is there a possibility now that you've kind of got a surplus of some athletes there? You got a bunch of running backs, a bunch of receivers, losing some guys on the defense. Could we maybe see some offensive guys move back to the other side of the ball in this offseason? I think it's possible. You know, we uh gonna get a look at look a good look at the personnel because you look at, you know, certain deals, sometimes you don't get a true picture of it. You know, it's not at the end of the day, it's not fair for a kid to have to go learn on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday how to play cornerback in a week. So I think when, when, when you look at the personnel in the offseason when the seniors are removed um, and you get those days in the spring to kind of, you know, evaluate and, and see um, kind of the same approach as last year, you know, kind of seeing where the pieces fit. And what's crazy is, man, you, you, you do it in the spring and it goes into the summer and something gets exposed somewhere uh, through 7-on-7 seven seven and you've and you, and you got to move the piece here. And, and, and take away a little bit from here, and then, you know, you get into the fall and realize, well, dang, if we, if we could just do this and bring this one here, you know, that could work too. 
it's just never, it's never, uh, it's, all, it's a never-ending game of chess, man. You're always trying to do what's best for the kid and, and, and put him in position to be successful. You know, um, you know, I, I, I like to win. You know what I'm saying? I hate to lose, but I, but I like, I, I like to win. But, but it's really, I, I like them seeing, seeing them have success, man. You know, when they come in the locker room and they're excited about winning, or when they're walking in the hall and they can hold their head up high, you know, because they, they're a winner. And um, that, that's what it's about, man. You know, it's, it's, it's about seeing them be successful and uh, the difference in their attitudes and their everyday, everyday 7.30 to 2.30 is, um, is what helps you get through them tough times, I guess you could say. Is it safe to assume that in December and January you're going to be watching Tarpon soccer to go find you another kicker, bro? <laughs> yeah, look, we, we, I'm going to tell you, we were walking to the practice field and I saw one kicking that we're going to have to talk to. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm, you can you can bet that. You know what I'm saying. I, I think that worked out good for us this year. I think we were 16 to 17 on extra points, and the one he missed it was blocked. Um, we didn't kick many field goals. Uh, we did kick one in the jamboree from 30 some yards, and he drilled it. I think he missed one or two throughout the year, but it was a snap hole type. A lot that goes into it. But I thought he was definitely a bright spot, man. To it just cleans it up. You, you know, it, it don't look sloppy. Your scoring got to go for two every time. That's sloppy. Yeah. So the fact that it can he can clean it up like that. Um, it makes it feel better, man. You know, so yes, we've already actually got one on the radar that we start just walking to the practice field and back uh, <laughs> during the season. Coach, it looks like next year the district pretty much the same with the addition of Ed White coming into the district. I've, are y'all hearing anything about division? If uh, state division one, or if they put y'all in division two where y'all belong? No, man. I I have not. I I know we went to the all district meeting. We drew. We drew for. The weeks, you know, where you were playing. Um, so, with in, in, you know, Coach Lasang was there to draw. So, you're adding them in, and that, that's the latest I've heard. Um, I know you look on the LHSA side, it's got 4A, but I don't know where the cutoff's going to be to take to take some of the 4 like they did the, the previous year. So, I think that meeting is going to be in January. Um, so, we'll know a little bit more in January. But um, as far as having to schedule games, it, it, it's a breeze now. I just got to schedule one, you know, because uh, you got to play Central and Thibodeau, and so I just got to find a week two, and then uh, it ain't the hassle of having to find five weeks. There you go, man. Look, as we were walking out of the stadium on Friday, a Dutchtown parent was like, hey, man, who's that number five? Like, he's one of the best players we faced all year. Was super impressed, which led me to the question is, are you getting some calls about some of your seniors? You know, Carson Ogeron, Miles Stelter, you know, any of your seniors getting some looks, man? Yeah, I, I know they've got him and Miles have Aiden Bruce uh, have gotten some game invites, uh, mainly from Nichols and Southeastern. Uh, I, I do expect to hear some more, um, mainly I would think from those two, because that's the ones that have shown the most interest in those two. Um, you know, kind of after, the, after their season ends tonight, uh, go Lions, and then so. And then, <laughs> uh, but look, man, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I think Miles. Look, I remember the day Miles got here, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't know." And he he's grown so much and grew, and um, bro, that that dude don't take a play off. He don't take a rep off in the weight room. He don't take a sprint off. He's got like the juice every day. So, um, is he undersized? I think to play at, at the FCS level, I, I can see how they can say that. But, but I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to find a kid with more heart um, or care. Like, this, this kid genuinely loves football. Um, and so what they saw was what we, I've seen all year, how he dominates and takes over games. I think 
He's he's had a phenomenal senior year. Um, you know, and on the flip side, Carson, um, he, he's a phenomenal athlete, man. You know, when, when when you can put the ball in his hands and feel good about it, um, every play, I think that's that's something to be said about the kid. I think he's one of the, if not the toughest kid on the team. So to say, well, coach, we loaded that quarterback. We don't have, we can't take a quarterback. Well, this kid can go play like strong safety for you or a slot receiver or you know he 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 don't he don't have to play quarterback he can play anywhere on the field minus the trenches you know so um look i hope for their sake i hope they do i know they love the game i know they want to play college football so um i hope it works out for them i'm sure um you know we'll start hearing some more in the next few weeks when things kind of slow down for everybody and uh you know i hope so anyway BJ, I've been eager to ask you this question for a while, uh, but I'm going to wait until you know now that the season's over and you don't have an opponent to prepare for and everything. There's so much about analytics in the in today's game, and we see coaches on fourth and three on Saturdays. They're going for it because supposedly some analytics book told them to go for it. At high school, it's a little different because the special teams are not as good, and you can't kick a 45 yard field goal, or you know maybe you can't get a 45 or 50 yard punt. But have you used any analytics in terms of some of your decision-making at the high school level? Yeah, look, man, I, I think, you know, Coach Sanimo is our guy as far as, uh, as that. He, 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 we lean on him a lot with when to go for two or when to kick the extra point or, how, you know, they got one timeout, this much time left, can we, can we kneel the ball or do we have to run a play? He, he pretty much has all of that on a card that he keeps on him every Friday night. Um, as far as that goes, Mason Boudreaux's a big numbers guy. So he, he's big on like, well, if we kick, he wants to kick onside kick versus Vandy. It don't matter if I say it now. He wants to, want to try at least three of them versus Vandy because he went back and dug into all the season stats about what's our percent to stop people um, when they got to go 40 yards or more or, let, or if they get it on the 50 going in or if you get one onside kick, your chances go up by winning by this much. So he's kind of like the, the statistics guy during the game. You beep over. He's like, look, man, if – you know, if you, you, you go for it right here, it's going to have a something percent chance based on how we played this year that they can go, <laughs> or we're not, we're not going to get it. So, I, me personally, bro, I, I, you can't, I can't do everything. So, it's good to me that I got a lot of guys on staff with me that care as much as I care, that, that, uh, that know, you know, that know their role, man, know their importance, and uh, they contribute. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody can call plays, right? Just one guy can do that. But to be able to look at Rafe and Brody about something that's going on in the run game or we, we need to maybe change this scheme up on the backside to help with the, the gap hinge so we can run the ball or, Coach, let's try to do the in-the-game adjustment or on a Saturday while we're here all day trying to game plan. And then, you know, Sanimo's good with the time and running the special teams. And then Boudreaux's got all the analytical stuff. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, defensively the same thing, man. They got all the percentages broke down of – you know, when they like to pass to run out of this formation, they, they like these two plays more than these two, so we're going to try to take that away. And There's a lot that goes into it, man. We got, I got a lot of good guys here that, that understand, you know, the, the expectation because um, the standard is the standard, man. You know, they, 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 that, that has to be understood, and, and, they, and, they, and they get it. They, they know what I expect, um, and, and they're doing a great job, man, and, and that's got a lot to do with stuff like that. So, I cannot take the credit for the, for the analytical and when to go for two. And um, I got guys that I trust a bunch that, that do a lot of homework on that stuff that helped me on Friday. Last question before we let you go, man. My iPad's not working right now. Who, who won the Southland Conference this year in football? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Look, bro, they, they, they rolling now. Um, 
but look, I got confidence. We we on we on a little streak right now. We're on a little hot streak. They got to come to Hammond. You know, I think the Lions will pull it off tonight, man. All right, we'll see, brother. Hey, thanks so hey, much for the time, man. Casey waited all year to get back with you for that little boy. Yes. Close. Yes. <laughs> he finally got I, his I, shot. I, I still need some gear, BJ. Large, adult large. I need some gear, BJ. I know. I, I know. <laughs> another order <coming> <laughs> Take it easy, man. Have a good one. All right, man. Thank you. That's BJ Young doing a good job. As always, his Lions are going to try to close their season with the bang. Look, I could talk all the noise that I want um, with Nichols having the Southland locked up, with Southeastern kind of treating this as their Super Bowl. Nichols is going to catch hell tonight. Should be a good game. Nichols is going to catch hell tonight. Southeastern's won three in a row. Um, don't assume that, this, that the, the conference champs are going to go on the road and get an easy win there. Yeah. Hey, Thursday night at Strawberry, Strawberry Field. Strawberry yeah. Field, yeah. It's going to be very or, – or otherwise known as the house that B.J. Young built. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just throwing shots after shot. Uh, yeah, no, he. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game tonight. Let's catch a break when we get back. We've got Mr. Stan Gravois. It's our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. I could say that with 100% confidence because our phone lines are fixed. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. No Wake Outfitters is the best fly shop and paddle sports dealer in Metairie, but we offer so much more. We can prepare you for hunting season with Lamco game feeders and functional, comfortable camo wear from Duck Camp. And we outfit kayaks to get you in those shallow duck ponds and keep you camouflaged. Let our knowledgeable staff help you have your best season. Also offering Duck Camp and Orvis Outdoor Apparel for men and women. Check out the exclusive brands like Rugged Road, Turtle Box, New Canoe, Old Town, and more. No Wake Outfitters. 1926 Airline Drive. In Terrio, Douay, and Terrio. More than just an insurance company, they're marine insurance specialists. Whether it's fishing boats, cabin cruisers, sailboats, or marine industry, you can trust Terrio, Douay, and Terrio to get you the coverage you need at a price you deserve for your home, your auto, life, fire, and health. They've been taking care of people since 1957. Call Terrio, Douay, and Terrio at 475 5126. Just ask for Lynn Pierce or David O. along Bayou Lafouche in Golden Meadow. You all know Powerball. You know him, you love him. Now, there's a new way to play. Introducing Powerball the Scratch-Off from the lottery. Win up to $15,000. Can you feel it? But wait, there's more. Enter the second chance drawing for cool prizes like... The Powerball Cash Promotion. This is your final chance to win exciting second chance cash prizes from the Powerball Scratch-Off. Five lucky winners will be drawn for a share of $17,000. Visit LouisianaLottery.com for more details. Play Powerball the Scratch-Off today for your chance to win. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The deputies of the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office remind you to designate a driver if you plan to drink this holiday season. By driving impaired, you endanger others as well as yourself. Designate a driver anytime you plan to drink. Have a safe and happy holiday season. From the Lafouche Parish Sheriff's Office.
Welcome back to Play by Play. Man, this show has flown by. We're already 1220, more than halfway through. We go to the phone lines and we will have our Terrebonne General Thursday interview with Mr. Stan Grava, who's on the line now. Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing? Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing fine, bro. Uh, doing fine. It has been a fun day here in the studio. Um, we are 24 hours away from the second round of the high school football playoffs. We've got a couple of local teams, you know, CCA, E.D. White, Assumption, and then we got some peripheral teams, you know, St. James and Destrehan, and we got some locals still swinging. Uh, curious to see who can make it to Thanksgiving week, brother. That's sort of that benchmark of whether you had a good year or a great year is whether you play Thanksgiving week. We've got some locals shooting for it tomorrow night. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. If you make it to, uh, if you make it where you have to practice on the morning of Thanksgiving, you're doing something right. I would agree with that. And the second round is usually when all of a sudden we see a lot of closer games for sure, a lot of competitive games, and uh, I think that'll be the case. I think our by region is in for a tough, tough go at it. I'm not saying that we can't get a lot of wins tomorrow night, but uh, everybody's going to have to play well. And when I say that, you know, everybody assumes that E.D. White with a bye is just going to kind of coast. The De La Salle is really good. And a lot of people are going to be full by that schedule. But I had the opportunity to talk to some of the coaches at E.D. White during the week, and they won't be full. They know they have to play well because uh, De La Salle has played one heck of a schedule this year. I mean, like really, really tough. So that'll be interesting one. I know Tommy Minton feels like he can go out and be competitive against John F. Kennedy. But he'll be the first to admit that they probably hadn't seen athletes all over the field like they're going to see in this one. Uh, you know, the team that may have the, the best opportunity to win it is, I think, Central Catholic. I think Central Catholic going up to St. Frederick is a very winnable game because I don't think they play the kind of single-A football up there that we do down here. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, you kind of leapfrogged over assumption." I got to tell you, man, Brokeridge is is a good program. That's not going to be easy for us. I've said that all week. Yeah, you just don't, even if it would have been Eunice, I think both of those teams are good. You know, I always put, and I usually get them confused, Eunice, Brobridge, and Cecilia. That's three teams never pass on. Like, like, especially when they're sort of loaded, which it looks like Cecilia might be this year. Don't pass on those teams. They're always going to be very competitive. On the other hand, I do think Division Two non-select is the most winnable bracket for any of our bioregion teams. So I think Assumption is in the bracket they belong in, and I think they can make a run at it. And the other one that really interests me, and, and I don't know if it, I hate to get away from the team concept, but it's more about individuals in this one, is CCA taking on St. Martin's because I'm curious to see how good Holland Berry is. I mean, he's the number one rated running back in all of the country and although you know we're proud to have that and this kid being from louisiana he plays single a football at st martin's and i don't know if you guys have watched st martin's much but they were in the district with cca and at one time in a district with homer christian and boy i gotta tell you it's not like it's not like oh i hate to cut any high school down but it's it's not at that level that you would think. So I'm just curious to know how good this kid is. And I guess CCA is going to find out tomorrow night. Look, man, um, I know that a lot of attention is focused on football, and rightfully so. We've got playoff games and this, that, and the other. 
We've got a heavyweight girls basketball game in our area tonight. Ponchatoula is always in the top 28. They're 2-0 and so far this season with some lopsided wins over Carr and Salmon. They're coming to Homa to take on Vanderbilt Catholic, who thinks that they've got a wonderful shot to make it to the top 28. Um, we got a little Ali Frazier action going on in Homa tonight. That's two big dogs that are going to be swinging at one another. Very interested to see that one tonight. It's ironic that you said Ali Frazier because evidently Ponchatoula High School has been having some serious, serious problems with fights. Oh, I didn't realize they, that. <laughs> oh, they had to shut everything down early yesterday at Ponchatoula High School. There, it, it was... <laughs> It was ugly. It's the ugly side of, of, you know, kids on the high school level. I mean, it spread from the school to local gas stations that were on the corner. To, it was really bad. So I would wonder how that might affect Ponchatoula in this game. Uh, kind of went look to see how far they went in the volleyball playoffs just to see if any of those girls would not be available but they should be ready to go with a, a full allotment of uh, the girls on their team, <laughs> unless they suspended for fighting yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if they ever were involved with that. But, uh, yeah, early on, I think it is a big one. But I got to tell you, uh, you and I both know that Jawaski has a confidence level. His confidence level is through the roof right now, right? I mean, it's like it's, it's past 10 if we grading on a 1 to 10 level i i think he feels like this is like this is it man this is his team so it wouldn't surprise me if they go out and they beat ponchatoula and they beat him handily it's early it really you know most basketball i don't even care about right now because there's too many teams that are just coming off of volleyball or football but this one is one that 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 obviously sort of sets the tone for the rest of the year but it would not surprise me if Vanderbilt goes out and handles that one easily. I saw um, Ellender and H.L. Bourgeois on the boys' side on Monday, the first official playing date. I went on out to Terrebonne High School and watched that one. And Bourgeois got like a 70-43 to 43 win, 27-point win. I'm walking out of the gym, and you know, I go shake hands with Andrew Kiowet and Drew Kiowet, and I'm expecting Andrew to say, you know, hey, uh, you know, I'm super proud of the way we played, and he looked at me and said, man, we played like like doo-doo. We didn't play well. So that just goes – you talked about Jawaski Coleman having a confidence. Bourgeois got a 27-point win over Ellender on the road in the season opener, and they were left the gym thinking they could do more. Andrew said, hey, we only made one three-pointer. That You know, we think we're much better than that. And talked about free-throw shooting and turnovers, and Bourgeois thinks they got it going on this year. Andrew's poised for a huge bounce-back year this year. I would agree with that, except for one thing. I think everybody in 7-5-A is sort of thinking along those yeah. same lines. I think Brandon Brown knows he's going to be better at Terrebonne after sort of building that infrastructure there. Uh, I saw where, you know, I don't care if Rummel's still in the playoffs or not. Rummel's football kids are usually not your best basketball kids. For Hornville to go out and beat them, that's another team you got to contend with. I know Central LaFouche is going to be better this year. So what happens in that particular district is, is you go into the district feeling pretty good about yourself, and then all of a sudden everybody's good. So we'll see how that sort of shakes out. I would also say this, too, and, and, and you know it, I know it, Brian knows it, everybody knows it. 
Ellender's not Ellender. I, I don't know Correct. quite what, you know, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if it's just one of the cycles that they're going through. But the one thing about Ellender, it didn't matter if your football team or your baseball team or whoever was going through cycles. The basketball team, that cycle was not a big high ceiling that went down to a low floor. This is the first time I ever see it where it's kind of a low floor. So I would imagine Andrew may have been a little bit upset because, you know, the, the competition level that what he was playing at going into that game. Uh, I do think that once everybody sort of gets into their flow, I, I would consider that to be maybe mid-December. That's when we could start maybe making a little bit better assessments related to the boys scene. But, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that HL Bourgeois is going to be one of the teams in the area that's going to be really good. And when we did basketball media day, I'm really curious to see Central Lafouche because Coach Griffin was pretty high on his kids and, and what they had to offer this year. Stan, let's talk some LSU football. The Tigers get a victory over Florida. Uh, offensive showcase, Jaden Daniels runs wild, 350-plus yards passing, 200-plus yards rushing, the only player in Division I uh, FBS history to ever do that. He has catapulted himself firmly into the position to be one of the front runners for the Heisman Trophy. The betting favorite currently is Bo Nix right now, which I think is laughable. I've seen Bo Nix face the best competition. It's never quite looked the way that it looks for Jaden Daniels. So where do you stand, man? They got some people who say, well, you should give it to the best player. They got others who say, well, you should win more games and you got to be in the top 10 or whatever it may be. I think that's ludicrous. What say you? Do you think Jaden Daniels should win the Heisman Trophy? Well, you know, it's no secret that I'm a little older, and so along with that goes some old-school thought process. And that being said, if it was 25 years ago, there's no doubt who would get the Heisman Trophy. It would be Jaden Daniels. It, we've, we're in a day and age where it's, you know, what's shiny and polishy and new-looking and what's, you know, coming along with the winning team and, you know, uh, Marvin Harrison and Ohio State, and he did this, he did this, and then when you look at his stats, you know, you realize he's probably not even the guy who should win the Bolitnikoff Award. So, again, 25 years ago, it's a no-brainer. I, I would say this, just in a nutshell, if, if you want to give it to the best, if the Heisman definition is the best player in college football, which I'll be quite honest, at the beginning of this season, I would have never thought it would have been Jaden Daniels, but I'm trying to make a fair, valid assessment. And I know we see him more than everybody else, but I like college football. And, and I, you know, I like LSU. Obviously, I'm going to pull for, it for them. They're our flagship university. But I'm not purple and gold. I mean, I don't bleed purple and gold. So that being said, I'm trying to be as objective as I can. He's the best player in yeah. collegiate football. So that being said, if that's the definition of the Heisman and they give it to somebody else, we need to forget about that award going forward. I 100% agree with that sentiment, my friend. Very well said. Look, the Colonels are playing tonight. It's a Thursday night game against Southeastern. We had B.J. Young on in the last segment, and we were giving B.J. a hard time. He's a Southeastern guy, and I asked him, I said, B.J., who's the Southland Conference champions? Just to kind of get a rise out of him. But with all of that having been said, you know, all the jokes and all the laughing out of the way, Nichols doesn't have a whole lot necessarily necessarily to play for in this one. You've got your playoff spot locked up. Southeastern is treating this like a Super Bowl-type environment. They've won three in a row. They're coming in hot. I told Brian in the last segment, Nichols is going to go to Hammond and catch hell tonight, and I wouldn't be surprised 
if Southeastern maybe even handed them a, uh, handed them an L to wrap up their season? I uh, wouldn't be surprised, but I know Tim Rebo wants to win that one. And, uh, yeah, I had the opportunity to talk to BJ a little bit this morning, too, and, and that was a little bit of a topic related to Southeast. And I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's sort of that kind of game where you're coming off of a high from last Saturday. The one thing is, is that the Southland Conference does not name you the champ by yourself just because you beat teams head up, meaning, you know, obviously Nichols beat UIW. So a lot of people thought when they gave them the trophy on Saturday, that was it. You are the conference champ. There's a chance they share it, that, which simply means that UIW, UIW is going to get that same kind of trophy, too. And I don't think Tim Rebo wants that to happen. So they're going to go play hard tonight. But, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. And I know uh, there are two uh, linebackers for Nichols who are a little dinged up, and I think they are terrific players. And uh, so – you know, look, I'm proud of the Colonels no matter what because that was a fun game to go to last Saturday, and they played really hard. But I think they're going to play hard tonight. That, that Southeastern game is always interesting, and it being in Strawberry Stadium is even going to make it a little bit more interesting because I hear the fans there don't like the Nichols fans. Oh, no. Much. So, uh, yeah, that that's going to be an interesting game. But the one thing is, when it's all said and done, that DJ, whoever else, <laughs> you ain't in the playoffs that Nichols is. There you go. Look, we'll leave you with this, partner. The best part of this weekend, we don't have to watch the Saints play. They have a bye. Uh, they got Atlanta two Sundays from now off of a ugly loss against Minnesota where you lose a lot of key pieces. Carr goes down. Lattimore goes down. Michael Thomas goes down. Surprise, surprise. Um, the Saints are 5-5. Five and five. They're somehow in first place. But, oh, my goodness, that's not a team that gives you a whole lot of joy to watch every Sunday. Well, I will say, and I'll spread that out to all of the teams I sort of keep my eye on, whether they're professional or collegiate teams. I've come to realize all of the teams in the state that I really hope do well, they are what they are. Yeah. And I'll include LSU in that also. The Saints are what they are. You know, LSU is what it is. Uh, they're not going to play real good on defense. That's not going to cost you against a Georgia State, I don't think. Although, look up Georgia State versus Auburn. <laughs> but that being said, I, I don't think it's going to cost you. But next week against Texas A&M, I'm going to wonder if that defense is going to cost them. Uh, Saints, that same situation. Uh, it's two steps forward, one back. I, I, listen, and I have to say something because you mentioned this last week, and it may have been the week before, but you asked me would I rather see the Saints hobbled into the playoffs as a division winner, but, you know, just maybe one game over 500, or would I rather see them have it tough the rest of the way and get a high draft choice or whatever the case may be? And I was so stupid. I didn't realize that probably what your point was was that if they do sort of, not tank, but if they don't play well, which is probable, uh, that means that they can at least have some change in the coaching staff. Ding, ding, so I, ding. Yeah, I took, I take back everything I said. I didn't realize that actually it was somebody who was listening who said, man, so you would rather to see them hobble into the playoffs and Dennis Allen gets another year? And I said, what do you mean? And then my response to that was, is don't you think that even if the Saints hobbled in, that maybe the front office would understand that they underachieved and they would still do something about the coaching staff. 
And they said, so do you really believe that? And then I realized, nah, he would still be around. So I changed totally. I, I totally changed that. If they lose to Atlanta after the bye week, it will not it will not bother me that much because I think that would lead to some things that probably have to be done. What did Brian ever say about that? How does Brian feel about that? Oh, he's a he, hey, you he's, play to win the yeah, game. Brian is an anti-tanker. We have had this debate yep. and discussion many times on this show. Well, that's a difference, though. I don't want him to tank, and I would never do that because obviously I coach high school kids, and that's not what you want to teach. I don't want him to tank. But if they lose, it's okay, Connor, you know? <laughs> yeah. so, so that being said, uh, listen, we want to see him in the playoffs, but I think at the end of it all, if you finished one game above 500 and you got in with the absolute worst division in the history of the NFL with the easiest schedule probably ever in the history of the NFL, did you realize this was said this morning on talk radio as I was driving into work, they only play one more team with a winning record, and it's the Lions. And quite honestly, as good as the Lions are, I would rather play the Lions than play like the Cowboys or the Eagles, you know. So they would even have a chance in that one. And all of that being said, they may not win another game this year. So, you know, again, they are what they are. Well, Stan, if the Saints do win the division, they get in the playoffs. They're going to be one and done, just like the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, easy now. Well, I made the comment to uh, Casey when I did say I'd rather see him get into the playoffs than sort of lose games. My thinking was is that in the NFL, there are matchups that you can win, and maybe they get three teams that they match up well against. Well, as much as I hate giving Casey credit, the Cowboys would smack the Saints around. Uh <laughs> The Eagles certainly would smack them around. I don't know who they would match up against. So that was just pie in the sky thinking on that. So, yeah. Hey, I do want to mention this before I go off air. What's up? Just real quick. All afternoon, we're going to have Gavin Dugas here. Gavin uh, is doing a partnership with Terrebonne General Community Sports uh, Institute. And, uh, you, you know, he's such a good kid and everything. And, uh, he is uh, going to come in, so we welcome him in. He's going to do a few things with us, and uh, maybe in the future, you know, we could get Gavin to come on and talk with us a little bit on Saturday morning. Cool. Yeah, can't wait, man. Thanks so much for the time, Stan. I'll leave you with this. My only wish for the rest of your week is that you're so bad at something that they pay you $75 million to not do it anymore. <laughs> hey, <laughs> real quick, i got to throw this in there, too, and I hate to back y'all up against the wall, but I saw – that he was going to get that. So I immediately went online because my brain just works really stupid. I don't know why. I, but I went in and looked up how many people live in Texas, like the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. There are 29 million people in Texas. So you're telling me that Jimbo Fisher could go to every single person that lives in Texas <laughs> and give them a few bucks. You know, give them peace. <laughs> Everybody. Think about that. Dallas, Houston, Fort Worth, you know, Amarillo, everywhere in Texas, and give each of them money because he's making that kind of money. Yeah, if we would all be so lucky to. Uh, that, it's crazy how this has gotten, and it's only going to get worse. And Texas A&M sitting there saying, ah, that's a drop in the pan for us. We're ready to hire somebody else for the same thing. Unbelievable, man. Have a great rest of the week, buddy. Look forward to chatting on Saturday.
All right, talk to you guys later. Yep, that is Stan Gravel doing a good job as always. We always look forward to hearing his thoughts. Um, I, truck, I don't know if you're listening. Um, I'm more than happy to be bought out for $75 million just in case anybody's interested. Um, that That's something but, that I Yeah, Yeah, hats on too tight. I, <laughs> I, I'm more than willing to be bought out for $7 million, $5 million. Did you see it was something like $26,000 a day? Oh, my gosh. And, and, and the funniest thing of the whole week with that Jimbo Fisher stuff is, and I didn't realize this happened, and it's all over the internet now. Did you see that when they hired him, they gave him a trophy that said, Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M, college football playoff national champions, and they just left the date blank. That date's going to be blank forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, And the craziest part of this buyout is okay. People don't don't usually understand this, right? And and I didn't. And I'm, it's not an insult to the people listening because I didn't understand it until it was explained to me. We hear of these buyouts. A guy has a twelve million dollar buyout. Okay, he gets fired. That buyout usually only has to get paid if you're not working. If you get another job somewhere, it goes away. Well, in 2021, when LSU hired Brian Kelly. Texas A&M, thinking that LSU was going for Jimbo Fisher, gave Jimbo Fisher an extension. And in the language of his extension, they guaranteed his buyout. So he's getting this $75 million even if he gets a job next year where he's coaching and making $8, 9000000 million. So like the dude is robbing the bank and is leaving scot-free. He could coach. He could do TV. He could do whatever. He's still going to get this money. It's it's unprecedented the mistake the Texas A&M made there a a huge nine figure mistake and that is the current AD that gave him that yes Woodward contract. hired him but the current AD is the one who gave him that guaranteed yes. buyout nonsense in 2021 when Brian Kelly went to LSU so who um I was I saw some debate and discussion about who's A&M going to get in the future and you know. They're talking about the Oregon coach, and they're talking about you know Nerval at, at Florida State and and Lane Kiffin and Dan Campbell. He's not leaving. Dan Campbell, who's an alum of A and M, so like you hear all these big fish. And then I saw somebody on social media say, "Well, if I'm going to A and M, I'm making sure I'm getting the same deal that Jimbo got. If he got it, then why wouldn't you give it to me? So they're going to have to make the same mistake twice. It, it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Now I will say this." And as an LSU fan, there, you know, there's one scenario here. But I, I think I think Texas A&M is a dumpster fire, right? I think that they have a lot of money, but I think that just the makeup of their school, they're sort of a military school, they're sort of not. And I think that it's just an awkward place, and I think that they'll always kind of wobble a little bit because of that. There is a scenario that scares me. If you get a young, offensive-minded coach, you hire him, and then once Aranda gets fired from Baylor, you hire him to be your defensive coordinator. That scares me a little bit. As an LSU fan, that scares me a little bit. But by and large, a lot of these names that they're chasing right now, the Oregon guy, Florida State guy, Campbell, but Link, I don't think any of those guys are going to take the job. It's going to be curious to see what they end up with. Did you see the press conference where they introduced the interim coach? I did, I did I not. I think it was Robinson or Robinson's something. the interim coach, yes. The, uh, one of the O-line, uh, I think it's the O-line coach. And um, 
spoke well. I, I really think the, the players are going to rally around him, but there wasn't much uh, X's and O's talk. He, he's going to rely on his coordinators to, to run their side of the ball. But I think uh, for the short term, they, they're in good hands with this man. He, he spoke well, and uh, I really think the players are going to rally around him. Now, the, the last game of the year is going to be a tough one going into Tiger Stadium, but um, I don't think he'll be a, a candidate for the, the head job. But uh, expect, that, I think, A&M to rally around and, and, and do something good. It's not a plain Abilene Christian, okay? It, it, it should. <laughs> it shouldn't be it, any it drama. It should. Then. But I expect them to go and give a good performance the last game of the year at Tiger Stadium. Uh, that game always scares me, man. Uh, that's always a worry. And you got Max Johnson, and you know he's going to want revenge. And yeah, that, that that game is definitely a concern. Um, LSU's poaching the hell out of their recruiting class right now. There are a lot of Texas A&M commits that are leaning and wobbling and are on the fence. And there's some LSU uh, coaches very much so in there trying to to break that thing apart. Um, be very interested to see. I'll tell you this: um, Are you getting a little concerned about Willie Fritz to Mississippi State? Because that's one that I've been hearing now consistently since they've made that decision. Um, do you think he might make that move and go to the Bulldogs? No, uh, I, I'm. I'm not a, he may, and I might be way 100 percent wrong on this. But well, what uh, about Arkansas? They're going to fire their coach at the end of the year. Would you be concerned about Arkansas? Arkansas is a better job than Mississippi State is. I just don't know if you, at his stage in a career, why go into the SEC? Moolah! They, they, at minimum, you can get four, five, six million dollars a year, Bubba. Tulane's getting what one, five, two. Well, see if Tulane can. Yeah, we'll see. Well, well, but I mean, golly, that's uh, that's brutal. I mean, going in, yeah, it is brutal. It is brutal. And, and, and next year, you're entering a conference that's also going to have Oklahoma and Texas in it. Uh, so. Good luck. <laughs> it's gonna get even tougher. So we'll see how those things catch uh, 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 how those things get some traction in the next couple of days as we start to you know uh, wind those coaching searches down. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk about Thursday night football. We got a big Thursday night football game. Usually the Thursday night games are not worth a lick. This one is. It's play by play. We'll talk about that and some other things here on KLEB. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belts and related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. All your auto repairs for your first car should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, located at Highway 3235 in the road. They're established since 1997. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop is family-owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. 
Cross Peak Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me, Troy's Paint Body Shop, 985-693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, specializes in portable fire extinguisher sales, inspection, and service. They provide tests of CO2 fire suppression, NOVAC systems, fire detection systems, water mist systems, and safety relief valves on marine vessels. Conveniently located minutes away from Port Fouchon. Our service technicians have a dependable reputation by outstanding service to the marine industry. Stop by Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, 14626 West Main Street, Cutoff, or call 985-632-7233. This is Councilwoman Jessica Domang. I decided to run for office just four years ago because I knew we needed change. I was tired of these same old entrenched politicians not delivering results. My district of East Homa and downtown has been the neglected and forgotten part of town for years with crumbling infrastructure. I have worked hard to clean up my community, and we have delivered unprecedented investments into my district since taking office, including economic development initiatives, millions in road and culvert repairs, and multiple major drainage projects, both completed and in the engineering phase. As your next state representative, I will bring the same work ethic to all of District 53. We are all in this fight together as the underserved communities of our parish. We must all come together so that every resident can be proud to call Terrebonne Parish home. Early voting begins Friday, November 3rd and ends Saturday, November 11th. Please vote Jessica Domang, number 58. Paid for by the Jessica Domang Campaign Fund. Welcome back to Play by Play. We got one more segment to go. We got a fun Thursday night game in the NFL tonight. Um, we're going to be at Vanderbilt uh, watching the girls play. But if we were not be at Vanderbilt, boy, it'd be a good night to watch the Ravens and the Bengals. The Ravens are a three and a half point home favorite against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Burrow and the Bengals are coming in off of a loss, losing to Houston thirty to twenty seven. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are coming off of a loss, losing thirty three to thirty one against Cleveland. Um, you guys know this. Whenever it's the Ravens against a quality opponent, I'm I'm always going the other team. I don't trust Lamar in these types of games, as evident by him throwing a pick six in the fourth quarter to help lose them the game against Cleveland. I'm going Burrow, bounce back on the road today. I think the Bengals are going to beat Baltimore. Yeah, I agree. I think the uh, the Bengals getting better and better. I know they had a uh, bump in the road, but yeah, I think uh, Bengals would be a good pick. I talked about this earlier in the week, and you weren't here. Um, Sean Payton's got Denver turned around, Bubba. They've won three in a row. They're four and five. They're playing some good ball. They have, in that three-game winning streak, beat Kansas City and Buffalo both. They uh, are not on the outskirts too far of the playoffs. They've got Minnesota at home on Sunday night. It sure hasn't taken Sean long, about a month of growing pains, but now they are head and shoulders better. And it's got to be double depressing, right? You're watching the Saints slumber through the mud with a more talented roster than Denver, and Sean is doing what a coach should do, taking a team that's at the bottom and gradually every week getting better and better and better slowly but surely. Look, we were concerned about Russell Wilson. Hey, is he washed up? Is he this? Is he that? 18 touchdowns, four interceptions, 68% completions. 
Sean's working his magic, bro. Those Broncos are playing at a really high level right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Minnesota on Sunday. Yeah, quarterback Wilson's getting more and more confidence, I think, in the uh, the scheme that they have. He's uh, he's making plays like uh, that game the other night. A couple of times he did that little forward pass where he just shuffled the ball off. In the past, you'd see him do that more and more often, just making plays, improvising and making plays, and he's just getting, I think, more comfortable with the play calling and something a little different, and uh, he just they look much better, and the the football gods shined on them. Yeah, uh, they got lucky at the end. Not yet, yeah, the twelve on the field. <laughs> uh, it's crazy, but um, yeah, it's working out for them, and I I, I agree, uh, they are getting better and better. Do you know who leads the NFL in turnovers? Turnovers, team or player? Player, not core. Oh, well, a guy who has a hex on him. Josh Allen leads the NFL. Oh tournament. my, Cra- okay. crazy how that works. Well, huh? I, yes, yeah, crazy how that works. Crazy how that he, works. He throws the ball to his receivers. It bounces out of his hands, hmm. and it's an interception. The Bills have so, lost four of six. Huh? Wow. Man, there's no curse. You oh, don't get me. You crazy? The the Bills who were going into the season as being one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl are five and five and are firing coaches in the middle of the year, firing their offensive coordinator, and huh, that's something. <laughs> it's something that you believe it. Um, last year they were you know thirteen and three. Um, or oh, excuse me, well yeah, thirteen three, but they didn't play the Bengals game. And, and now they're they're not even going to make the playoffs. I, I wonder, I wonder hey, what hey, happened. Hey, I wonder hey, what hey. changed. You made your point. Okay. <laughs> uh, we got a great Monday night game. The oh. Eagles are taking on the Chiefs. Uh, that'll be outstanding. Maybe a Super Bowl rematch. Uh, we saw them in the Super Bowl this past season. That'll be a whole lot of fun. Um, we've also got some good ones. I told you Minnesota and Denver should be a good one. Um, the Chargers and Green Bay will be exciting. You got Houston. C.J. Stroud's probably my favorite player to watch in the league right now. They're playing Arizona. Chance for him to go off. The Steelers are playing the Browns. Uh, my Cowboys are playing Carolina. This is a vintage Dallas Cowboy lay an egg trap type game before Thanksgiving. They lost to the Cardinals once earlier this season. Surely they're not going to lose to Carolina Sunday, right? No. No, not a chance. I wish I could say that with the confidence and definition Come that you on. did. Carolina. Draymond Green was suspended for five games after choking out Rudy Gobert. Um, should have been longer than that, to be honest with you. Um, dude, you mentioned this to me last postseason. You said, hey, man, like I don't really have a whole lot of an NBA team other than the Pelicans, but in the playoffs, I kind of root for Golden State. But you mentioned during the playoffs last year, I'm kind of done with this Draymond Green guy. You're seeing pushing and shoving in the first minute of the game between McDaniels and Thompson. You're seeing Gobert get between the two to try to stop it. And Draymond comes in and gets a guy in a UFC chokehold. Like, what are you doing? I, this should have been more than a five-game suspension. Brian, if I walk over that chair and now get you in a chokehold, I'm getting arrested. He did that in the middle of everybody got a five-game suspension. It should have been longer than that. And the crazy part, with a normal person thinking, it's crazy. 
Draymond Green thinks nothing's wrong no, with it. No. He, he was just going to uh, de-escalate the situation, but he has a guy choking him. <laughs> then the poor guy being choked just pointing like, look what this idiot's doing to me. Somebody stop him. Look, I don't know if this is real. And look, look at me. I'm over here in one segment talking about curses, and then now I'm about to say if I don't know something is real. In seven out of Draymond's last ten ejections, and the fact that he's been ejected ten times is, is a problem to begin with, but seven out of the last ten ejections are in games that Steph Curry's not playing in. Rudy Gobert said after the game, Draymond acts tough when Steph's not here because he wants to get thrown out because he knows they're going to lose anyway. Do you buy that? It's kind of hard to deny. Oh, Seven out of man. ten? Yeah. I wouldn't think somebody would think that way, but... It's hard to hard to look the other way when it happens that often, though, right? You got the Pels who are playing Denver tomorrow in the Smoothie King Center. The defending NBA champions are coming on in. Um Zion and the Pels won their last game against Dallas, 131-110. to But he's still, after the game, like, yeah, we're working through some things. Working probably. Still doesn't sound all that happy. He had 19 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Brandon Brown came on earlier in the week, and Brandon Brown said that his pet peeve watching Zion Williamson, and I didn't even realize this until Brandon Brown said it, he said Zion doesn't make an effort on the glass at all. Um, he's a big, strong, athletic dude. He plays well above the rim. He only averages 6.6 rebounds a game. Brandon Brown said, hey, that should be a double-double every night. He never gets a double-double. Um, so it's not just us, man. Like There are other people who watch this stuff religiously who are saying, like, just ain't going 110%, dude. That's why they're not building around you. That's why you're, quote, taking a back seat. So you're not giving us everything that you got. Casey, if you own a team and you hear that press conference, are you not looking to just, okay, get rid of him? I would. I would. You're not going to win with him, with that attitude. I would have to, and I would have done this last offseason. I would tell him, look, bro, are you with us? There's no right or wrong answer. There's no TV cameras here. You don't have to say the political, politically correct thing. No hard feelings. Are you with us? Do you want to be here? If the answer is yes, which it might be, then we're going to get your ass in the gym. You're not going to be fat anymore, uh, which he, he is in a little better shape this year, even though in that press conference the other day it sounded like he was having an asthma attack. Um, we're going to get you in a little better shape. We're going to get you everything that you need. If not, that's okay too, but we need to know that because we need to be able to market you and get the most for you in a trade, be it with the Knicks, be it with whomever. And I don't know that they've ever really had that talk or that conversation um, because he says publicly, and of course of course, he's going to say publicly when the television cameras are on, hey, I want to be here. Anthony Davis did the same thing. But in private, there's always these whispers that the family's not happy and that he's disgruntled and he don't like this one and he don't like that one and he's not all the way bought in it. It just makes you wonder. It just makes you wonder. Yeah. And, and I, I'm very curious to see what the next 12 months hold there for that organization. Then in offseason, he goes and mentions, you know, he get, I'm tired of hearing that, that question if I'm happy here. And, well, Act actions like actions speak louder than words. Where his actions, no, you're not happy here. And that's why that question keeps coming up. And finally, he's going to admit, you know, he, he's not buying in. It's a hard He's having a hard time to buy in, and 
I mean, come on. Uh, just cut him loose. You get some form right now. Yeah, the problem is if he keeps getting hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt, uh, it's going to become like yeah, Ben Simmons, where, where yeah, you won't be able to get anything for him in exchange. College football tonight, Pittsburgh taking on Boston College. Very quickly, are the Colonels going to win tonight? Yes, all the way. Yeah, I'll go with you reluctantly. Uh, Bengals and Ravens, who you got tonight? Bengals. Burrow big, big, big night. I think the Bengals are going to win a game with a lot of offense. Thanks to BJ Young. Thanks to Stan. We're back tomorrow. Good luck to all of our local teams that are preparing for playoff games. We'll be talking about that tomorrow. It's play-by-play. Love you guys. God bless.